Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scouting Report Podcast. My name is Brandon Ramsey and I am your host this evening as we break down everything you need to know about the Alabama Crimson Tide. Obviously, Kentucky played these guys just two weeks ago at Rupp Arena. Uh, took one on the chin, losing 85-65 to to Alabama. Um, and at this point in the season, Alabama is 11-3, or excuse me, 13-3. Overall, they're 8-0 in the SEC. Um, they've won nine straight games, um, obviously including all eight SEC games that they have played. Um, and they're coming off of a couple really good wins again last week. Um, they, I think everybody has seen by now their performance against LSU on Tuesday when they poured in 23 three-pointers and put up 105 points to beat uh, LSU by 30. They followed that up with a hard-fought win against Mississippi State. That was a, I, th- I think Mississippi State cut it to three late, maybe even two, I can't remember exactly, but um, it was a five- to eight-point game most of the way. Mississippi State um, was scoring and staying in the game. Um, Alabama was um, was still really good offensively. I mean, they put up 81 points. Um, they made 14 three-pointers, but Mississippi State was just kind of able to keep pace with them uh, better than I would have expected, especially when they turned the ball over 16 times. Um, but Alabama did us um, come away with another victory there to move to 8-0 in the SEC, and they are now two games up uh, by themselves in first place in the SEC standings. Uh, Missouri still just has two losses, but then everybody else has at least three. So at this point, Alabama's kind of starting to run away with the regular season title um, in the Southeastern Conference. But like I said, obviously we have played these guys before, so we know quite a bit about Alabama at this point. Obviously, it goes without saying um, they're going to shoot a ton of threes. It's what they do best. Um, they're ranked up there in the top five in terms of three-point attempts on the season. They're currently fourth, nas- or excuse me, third nationally in the three-pointers made per game. They're up over 11 threes per game now. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a large part of what they do. Not only, uh, do they shoot a lot of them, but they shoot them in a really good percentage. They're 36.2% from deep and that's how you routinely score 80. And that's how you become one of the more efficient teams is when, you know, what you do a lot is also what you do best. And Alabama can just really stroke it from deep. Pretty much every guy that they put out there is a, is a dangerous three point shooter. And they're going to keep shooting them until you absolutely take them away. And that's obviously something that Kentucky has to do a better job of um, tomorrow evening, Tuesday night, um, when we take on the Crimson Tide. Because they they were 14 for 30 from three against us uh, when, they, when they came to Rep Arena. Uh, Kentucky only made four threes. So when you get outscored by 30 points um, beyond the arc, it's just going to be really, really tough for you to win the game. Um, additionally, Kentucky gave up 13 offensive rebounds in that game, which was just really backbreaking for the Cats when they would do what they needed to do defensively and get a stop, but they just couldn't finish the possession with a rebound. That's something they're going to have to shore up um, Tuesday night. And then also Kentucky turned the ball over 19 times in that game. And that's, you know, Alabama's good enough as it is offensively. They're good enough at creating quick baskets in transition. Uh, but then when you give them 
opportunities to get out after a turnover and score. Um, you know, it's just a recipe for disaster for a, for a team that is as good as them in the open floor. So on this episode of the Scouting Report podcast, we're not going to go quite as in-depth on Alabama just because we just played them two weeks ago. Um, you have um, a podcast from uh, from that game. Obviously, the Scouting Report will be up on Kentucky Sports Radio. It was always a full day of Twitter breakdowns at KSR. Um but we all should know Alabama pretty well. We know they're going to shoot a lot of threes, and we'll still dive into their personnel a little bit just because a couple of things have changed. But I mostly want to focus tonight on what Kentucky needs to do in order to give themselves the best chance to win um, at Alabama down there in Tuscaloosa. So tonight I went back. Um, I watched Alabama's last game they played against Mississippi State Um Recently, I mean, on Tuesday night, I watched most of their game against LSU, so I've seen that one. Um, and then I went back tonight and um, and watched our game. I watched Kentucky's game against Alabama from two weeks ago. And I was as I was watching it, um, you know, I, I started to get this idea in my head that tomorrow night Kentucky needs to score eighty points. I I, I had just been sitting around. I just had, I just feel like that's what's going to need to happen. Obviously, Alabama's really good offensively. They put up a lot of points. We're coming off a game where Kentucky just scored 82 against LSU. Um, that was their highest scoring output of the season, so we proved that it is it is at least possible. Um, now, some of that 82 was a product of LSU pressing that gave Kentucky many more easy chances um, to score the ball, but still, LSU turns people over a lot this year. They have one of the highest steal percentages in the country, and that wasn't effective against Kentucky. So you still have to... I've seen a lot of people ragging on LSU's defense, and yeah, it's not a great defense, and and they kind of played into Kentucky's hands a little bit, but still the the Cats had to play without turning it over, and for a lot of this season, that's been an issue, and it wasn't against a team that does force a lot of turnovers in LSU. So there's still a lot of credit to be given to Kentucky for the way they played offensively against LSU. Um, and I, I think that they can re- re- replicate that to some extent against Alabama. They get a really good chance to pull off an upset down there in Tuscaloosa. But um, the way I was thinking about scoring 80 was I always like to break the game down into segments. A lot of times I do that um, just by each TV timeout. Uh, tomorrow night against Alabama, I'm going to think about it as we need to score 20 points every 10-minute segment. So I went into the film kind of thinking about that. And... In the first 10-minute segment, last uh, two two weeks ago against Alabama, in that first 10-minute segment to start the game, Kentucky was pretty good. We put up 17 points um, early in the game, and that's why we were, you know, it, it was close. We It was a two-point game, I think, um, right around the 10-minute mark in the first half. And we were on pace to put up a halfway decent offensive number. Now it took us almost 15 minutes to get our next 17 points. And therein lies the problem, and that's how you ended up scoring 65 and end up losing by 20. So Kentucky just needs to keep scoring tomorrow night against the Crimson Tide. We can't have these four or five-minute scoring droughts that seem to rear their ugly head just about every game. Certainly was the case last time against Alabama. We just have to keep scoring the ball. If you have a couple bad possessions, we need to come together and figure out a way to get a bucket on that next possession because – you just have to keep scoring the ball because they're going to keep Alabama's going to keep coming at you, and if you 
if you allow yourself to go three, four, five minutes without scoring the basketball, things can just start to get away from you really quickly because they're just simple, like they're going to have enough possessions, you're going to take enough good shots with good players that they're not going to have those scoring droughts uh, very often. Uh, so obviously, there's going to be a lot of emphasis put on guarding the three-point line. A lot of that emphasis is going to come from me tomorrow. You you guys probably listening to this all know um, how much I harp on guarding the three-point line, taking shooters away, not giving up attempts to guys who are really, really good shooters. I don't like to help too much, um, or certainly really at all, off of shooters. Um, I talk about tightening up as the ball comes towards you. Some of those different things that not every coach in the country or um, certainly fan really talks about. But those are just my philosophies and, you know, have carried over from my years of coaching. But um, I say that just to say there's going to be plenty of people over the next 24 hours are going to be talking about taking away the threes from Alabama. That's obviously an overarching theme and a key for success tomorrow night. However, I think just as important as anything is Kentucky finding a way to score 80 points offensively. That, that will give us a chance to win the game because the defense is good enough. And I do think that just through having already played them, you know, hopefully having seen it on film a little bit, but just having lived it as a player two weeks ago, I think that Kentucky will be a more cognizant of guarding the three-point line. There'll be some more urgency about taking away shooters. And it'll just be more front of mind um, than it was two weeks ago. And it, it was really disappointing, and I was very critical of Coach Kyle and the team for seemingly not making it as big of a priority as it should have been in the last game. But I just think that having lived through it, like I said, one time already, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of a little bit of that, hopefully, um, tomorrow night. So I think that if we can hold them to you know, single-digit threes, certainly no more than 10, um, if Kentucky can try to find a way to score 80, I think that's going to go a long way to, to putting one in the win column and really start to turn some heads with an impressive win down there at Alabama. Additionally, I think the Kentuckys are absolutely going to have to do a better job on the glass than they did in the last game against Alabama. You know, giving up 13 offensive offensive rebounds to the, to those guys is not good. There's part of you that kind of feels lucky when they miss, certainly when they miss from three, um, and you you have to find a way to end those possessions. I, I know that some of those rebounds are tough because they're they're deep threes that generally generates long rebounds. It's hard, but you just have to take some personal accountability. Like I like I talked about like I talked about going into the LSU game, personal accountability that you're not going to let your man get the rebound. You ha- if if you have to face up to him and box him out, if you have to not really even go for the rebound, but just make sure your guy doesn't get it and allow somebody else to hit their guy and then go get the rebound. All of that is okay. You just have to find a way to come up with loose balls and end possessions with a defensive rebound. Lastly, you can't turn it over 19 times again. I already touched on this a little bit, but letting Alabama get out in the transition, but just most importantly, giving them extra possessions is just no good because they're so efficient and so good on the possessions that they already have that when you're giving them additional possessions via turnover, especially via live ball turnover, that it it's just going to be a recipe for disaster and, 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 and you're not going to be in for um, for a good night against against those guys. So I, I think those are going to be the three keys, the three, I guess, four things that you really want to look for tomorrow night. 
Kentucky needs to keep pace offensively. You know, I'm going to be talking about 20 points every 10 minutes, and I don't really care how that comes because you know, I, I mentioned this after breaking down the film in the LSU game. The reason why you're able to still score, you know, you score 82 and you win by 13, but you only score 30, what, 33, 34 points in the 33 points, I guess, in the, in the second half, you know, that that's not very good. That that's more of what Kentucky has been a lot of this season. And that's why they're five and nine. Um, but when you score 49 points, like we did in the first half, then you give that's when you start to give yourself some margin for error. And that's what you need. And that's what Kentucky's played with too little of this season is margin for error. Um, so sure. I'm talking about 20 points every 10 minutes, but if we go out and score 49 in the first half, I'm going to be tickled pink because we'll have some margin for error in the second half. And we, we, there won't be so much pressure on having to score every single time down the court to keep pace with Alabama. If you can come out and put up a big number, um, obviously taking away the guys from three, and we'll talk a little bit more about that once we dive into the personnel once again. Um, but we got to guard the three-point line. Can't let these guys hit 14 threes once again. Take care of the offense, or take care of cleaning up the defensive glass. Excuse me. Got to keep them to single-digit offensive rebounds. I know it's tough with the long ones. We just have to find a way in personal accountability, keeping them off the glass. Then take care of the ball. 19 turnovers, too many. Need to keep that number down around 13 or fewer. Value the ball, get a shot every possession, and we're going to have a chance to, to really um, do something special down there in, in Tuscaloosa and knock these guys off. Um, a couple quick notes about Alabama, some things that are different from the last time we saw these guys. Um, Jordan Bruner did get hurt, their graduate transfer from Yale. Um, he did go down in their game against us uh, two weeks ago. He will not be playing. He still has a couple weeks before he's going to be able to be back. Um, he was there. He was playing the five. He was starting for them. Um, really good rebounder. Um, he was a good shooter. He was over forty percent, um, or excuse me, he was thirty-two point four percent from three. Um, he was making one a game. Made a couple against us. Um, really good player. Uh, but he's going to be out um, for tomorrow night's game. However, um, Javon Quinterly is back. He's a guard. He's a transfer from Villanova, so he is back now. Um, gives them another dynamic threat in the backcourt. Um, he's played three games. He's played in all the games since play, um, since Kentucky when he was still out. Um, but like I said, he's another scorer. He's a dynamic playmaker. He's an, just a, a, another threat, another guy that you have to be aware of at all times that can really hurt you. Um, he's had a couple down games and one huge game against LSU where he hits six threes, um, but has struggled a little bit to find his, his touch in those other two games. So um, but just be aware that he is back, but they will be without Jordan Bruner. Um, just to quickly run through their personnel again, um, starting at point guard will be um, number five, Jaden Shackelford. Um, he's a 6'3", 200-pound sophomore. Uh, he's, a left, he's left-handed, averaging 13.1 points per game, uh, just about three assists as well, 4.1 rebounds. 36% from the three, he's made 32 of them, 32 of 89, so he's making exactly two threes a game. Like I said, he is left-handed. He's really got to take him away from three. He'll shoot him from deep, likes to shoot him behind the ball screen or handoffs, so you have to get over everything, uh, find him in transition when he doesn't have the ball. Uh, Herbert Jones is handling the ball more and more throughout the season, uh, so there's a lot of times where all their shooters 
are off the ball when the ball's getting brought up the court. Uh, so you got to be tight to Shackelford at all times, no help off of him, tighten up as the ball comes towards you, get over all the screening action, like I said, and just be there, get out far, do not let him shoot from deep because those are still good shots for him if he's open, and do your best to take away attempts. Then he's going to try to drive it left and score it around the basket with his left hand. Um, don't bail him out by, bail him out by fouling him, just make him score over you. Uh, but like a, like we're going to be saying with a lot of these guys, name of the game is going to be taken away the three-point shot. Next, we have number 23, John Petty Jr. Uh, he's a senior, 6'5", 184 pounds. Uh, he's played really, really well since that Kentucky game. He's, he's, he's started to find a stroke, becoming the extremely efficient player that we saw last season from him, and he's back to you know starting to build his case to be a potential SEC Player of the Year candidate like I expected him to be coming into this season. So he's now their leading scorer, averaging 14.1 points, 5.1 rebounds per game, shooting 42% from deep, 43 of 102. Um, so 102 of his 157 shots have been threes. So what he wants to do, he's really hunting three-point shots. He's making three of them per game. you got to find him any, anywhere that he's in on the court. He is dangerous. He'll shoot him from deep. got to chase him off of all screens, get over ball screens, um, get over the handoffs. Same thing with Shackelford. I should have mentioned this. Anytime you get screened against Alabama, you have to be switching. Personally, I would go in switching all ball screens and handoffs regardless, um, but especially if, if John Petty Jr. is coming off of a ball screen or a handoff or any screening action for that matter, and there's any sort of space whatsoever, you have to communicate the switch to keep a guy on a guy and take him away from three. We want to make him drive it. He's a good driver, too. But he's a really good player. He's going to be a good NBA player, so he can really score it. But we would rather him drive it. We we would actually rather give up a layup or two, maybe one layup per half, because we're being aggressive closing out, than let him get going from three. So you got to be tight to him at all times. Tighten him as the ball comes to, towards you. Absolutely no help. And take John Petty Jr. away from three-point range. Then we got Joshua Primo, number 11, 6'6", 190-pound freshman. He is in the starting lineup now um, with Jordan Bruner being out. Uh, Quinterly still working his way back into the starting lineup. I think he'll probably come off the bench because Joshua Primo has been playing really well. Uh, he was a five-star recruit, top 20 player in his class last year after um, reclassifying from the 2021 class. So he's another guy that really should just be a high school freshman, but he's averaging a <laughs> high school senior, excuse me, um, but he's averaging 9.1 points per game now. Up over 41% from three, 27 for 65. It's excellent catch and shoot. Um, he's not as dynamic yet off of the dribble as guys like Shackelford or Petty, uh, but really good catch and shoot. Absolutely no help off of him. Tighten up as the ball comes towards you. Got to be tight to him at all times. Get him, get him deep because uh, he will shoot him from deep. Uh, just got to take away his catch and shoot attempts. Get over the ball screens. Switch when you need to. They are starting to run him into some like slipped ball screen action. So he'll kind of run into it like he's going to set it and then slip to a pop, slip to the wing uh, to, to try to get, get guys miscommunicating a switch. Um, again, I talk about this a lot, but if there's no screen, there's no switch. So anytime you have a guy slip a ball screen, you just stay with him and take away the three. Um, number one, Herbert Jones. He's another lefty. Um, he's a senior, 6'8", 210 pound. He's a forward, but also is kind of like a point forward now at this point in his career, uh, playing at a really high level for them. 12.9 points, 5.7 rebounds, uh, just about three assists per game also. 
he's I said it just a few minutes ago, but he's handling the ball more and more um, as the season continues to go along, um, kind of really relishing in that point forward role. So he'll rebound it and bring it in transition, uh, run their secondary break. Um, he will even just bring the ball up the court in half court situations and initiate their offense. I think they like doing that because that gets all of their best shooters off of the ball. Um, but also need to be aware that Herbert Jones is 13 for 27 from three. That's 48.1%. Obviously, he's not hunting them in the same way the other guys are. He's just shooting about one and a half a game, a little over that, but uh, making just about one per game. But he can make them at a, at a high rate. So you need to be aware of him shooting it from three. Um, going into the last game, I was saying to treat him as a non-shooter just so you didn't have to close out so aggressively to every single person. Um, you still close out different. Like You're guarding Herbert Jones differently than you're guarding John Petty Jr., differently than you're guarding Shackelford, differently than you're guarding Joshua Primo. Um, but you want to be there and be ready to give a hard contest when he does shoot. So you, you can go under some screening action. Um, you can play a step off of him and protect against that left-hand drive. Uh, but you, but we're not daring him to shoot threes like I would have been saying even just a couple weeks ago where I thought it was kind of a win if if Jones shot shot from three. But that's really no longer the case. He's he's just a little bit too good um, now as a senior. So you you, you got to still be there to give a hard contest. Um, we don't want to help a ton off of him. Really um, need to stay tight and and just really think about taking all of these guys away from three. Um, and and if that means they beat us a couple extra times on closeout situations and, and get some layups, that's okay. I would rather have that than, than let them get going from three in the way that they did um, against us a couple of weeks ago. And now in the absence of Jordan Bruner, um, they've been starting number three, Alex Reese, as their sort of five-man. He's 6'9", 230-pound, uh, big body senior. Uh, but even though he is big, what he wants to do is shoot threes. 62 of 84 shots have been threes this season. Really good catch and shoot. Likes to pick and pop. He'll slip some ball screens as well out to the wings or into the trail spot um, to jack up some threes. So we got to stay tight to him. Uh, really got to think about switching when he ball screens because once he pops, it's it's really hard to, to close out and contest that three in the way that we need to if we don't switch. So I want to be really well, really willing to switch ball screens with all of these guys regardless of who's setting it, regardless of who's coming off. Just keep a guy on a guy, get your hands up, get out there, get your feet out beyond the three-point line, be in their shirt, make them drive it, and take away those threes. And that's certainly the case with Alex Reese as well. Um, then lastly here, just talk a little bit about uh, Javon Quinterly. He is back from injury, like I talked about. He's a transfer from Villanova, 6'1", 175-pound sophomore guard. Um, another excellent shooter. He's 17 for 48. From deep, remember he has only played 13 games because he missed some. Um, really good off the dribble as well. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's probably their best overall playmaker. Does lead them in assists um, at over three, about three and a half assists per game. Um, shooting 35% from the field, or from three, excuse me, 47% from the field overall because he is really good at getting to the rim and finish it pretty well with both hands. Um, likes to kind of break you down, size you up. Um, use some crossovers to um, to get by you on the perimeter. So he he's looking to chop you up on the perimeter more than some of the other guys that really just want, want to shoot it. He's probably their best all-around driver and, and definitely a playmaker. He's averaging 12, 12 and a half points per game. 
So got to be tight on him as well. Don't want to help off of him too much when he doesn't have it. Um, don't Certainly don't overhelp when he drives because we shouldn't be helping off of really anybody that's on the court. Um, so we, we need to make this a one-on-one game. Um, make Quinterly be a guy who has to finish plays on his own. Um, make him break you down and get to the basket off of the dribble as opposed to letting him get going from three and then certainly letting him kick it out to other guys for three. Um, that's not what we want. So let's be ready for a heavy dose of Javon Quinterly. He's going to handle the ball a lot when he's in there and, and try to make plays for others. So there you have it on kind of round two of breaking down the Alabama Crimson Tide. Kentucky's certainly going to have their hands full again tomorrow night. This is a very, very good team that Coach Nate Oates has. They play a, they play a tough style to, to beat when they have the players that they do this season because when you shoot over 33s a game and you make 36% of them, you're off to a pretty good start offensively. So Kentucky's going to have to be on their A game. They're definitely going to have to play well offensively to keep pace with these guys. However, I do think that coming off of the best game of the year, honestly, against LSU, certainly the best win of the season. Uh, these guys, uh, Kentucky should be feeling good about themselves. They should you know, have some confidence that after scoring 82, that they can you know, put up uh, scores in the 80s against SEC teams because he just did it a few days ago. So that should give them a lot of confidence going down there to Tuscaloosa that, that they can do it again and, and hopefully pull off an upset that'll that'll turn some heads nationally. So until then, please download the podcast, subscribe to it if you have not already. Please take the time to leave a review if you do feel like it deserves one. Appreciate all of you that have already left a review. You can follow me on Twitter at bramseyksr. I'll have a full day of coverage starting tomorrow morning until game time with some video breakdowns of some new stuff that Alabama's doing offensively to be prepared for, and all of that good stuff. Also, as always, the scouting report will be up tomorrow, probably early afternoon, on KentuckySportsRadio.com, so check that out there. And I uh, hope everybody has a great day, and hopefully Kentucky can get, can get a win tomorrow night. Uh, the game is at 7 p.m. Eastern time down there in Alabama, and the game is on ESPN. So be sure to tune in and go Cats!